1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: Every season we hunt, and really every time we walk into the woods, we should be learning something. And if we want to take it even further, we should be learning something from when other people go into the woods. On this episode, I'm going to talk about the number one thing I learned from last deer season. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunters Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today I want to tell you just real quick about the number one most important thing I learned about deer hunting last season. Now, if you're listening to this episode right before or right when it goes live, you know, deer season is just at the cusp. You know, it is upon us with archery season. Of course, rifle is probably a little further away, depending on the state that you're in. And we're just gearing up for it. And I just felt this was a good time to share this nugget. Just came off of a long string of episodes about duck hunting. Got a couple goose hunting episodes yet to come. But deer season episodes are coming in force. And of course, if you're listening to this at any other time, like most of you will be, none of that context really matters. Kind of makes me wonder why I even said it. So, nonetheless, the number one thing that I learned last year season was twofold. Two parts to one equation. The first part was, decide what you want before you go in. Decide what you want. What are my goals? What do I want this year? What am I looking to do? And then number two, do not pass opportunities. All right. Decide what you want and do not pass opportunities to get what you want. So last season I went into the woods, I think with three tags, I think is what I had. I think I had a buck tag and two doe tags. And my plan was to take a buck and take two does somewhere between September and the end of January. That's what I was looking to do. So had my plan. I knew, okay, What kind of buck do I want? I want a legal buck that's just a little bit bigger than the one I took last year. That was my only parameter, larger than last year's, because the one from the previous year was pretty small, and I just wanted to have one bigger than that. Came to does, what did I want? Anything bigger than a yearling. I was just trying to get more meat. So, had those goals, right? I did part one reasonably well. I, I, I didn't do it quite right, though. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I did part one reasonably well. So I go into the season. And here's where I made a mistake. I had a plan. I knew what I wanted. But I began to pass on opportunities. So I'm going into the woods. I see doe after doe after doe after doe after doe. Maybe dozens of does I could have shot. I mean, point blank, could have shot, still not entirely sure why I didn't shoot. Well, I know. I was looking for a buck first. I had made that decision. I want to take a buck first. Why? Really no reason. Really no reason. I'm in the woods. I'm thinking, okay, there's some does. I could shoot those ones. But man, I really want to take a buck instead first, and then I'll come back later and get some does. Well, all these does kept going by. And I mean, some. I mean, I passed on one that was six feet away from me. I mean, I'm all, I was hunting on the ground in a blind. It was six feet. I mean, you can't miss when they're that close. Could have stabbed it with the arrow. Six feet away. And I'm like, nope, nope, could be a buck behind it. Could be a buck somewhere out there. And then I had this thing in the back of my head, which was an error. This thing in the back of my head saying, well, if I take a doe, it's going to lessen my chances to get a buck. Now, why did I think that? Well, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to disturb the woods. There's going to be blood on the ground. going to make noise, going to disturb the habitat. So that's going to, you know, push any bucks out of the area. Well, that may have been the case for a few days maybe a week or two, but it would not have ended the season. And here's the thing. And, and well, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you know, time and time again, I have shot a deer and then there are deer in that same spot on the trail camera the same night. All right. It it did nothing to the deer movement in the area. It didn't affect anything. Sometimes, you know, just a couple days later, it's like nothing happened. Sometimes, same day. And usually where you shoot the deer in front of your stand is not where the deer dies. It's not where you got the deer. It's not where you drag the deer from. So there's very little disturbance often in that exact spot, which is where you're hunting from. And hopefully you got more than one spot just in case. But nonetheless, it it was not like a season ender kind of thing. But I had this thought in the back of my mind, and I don't know entirely how it got there. But I mean, from opening day, September 19th or so, for weeks, does and does and does and does. And eventually, I did get a buck. And I did get a buck that I was looking for. And I, you know, was bigger than last year's. Checked all my boxes. Nice deer. Beautiful deer. You know, perfect meat. I mean, delicious. Delicious you know, everything you could have won. It wasn't like a trophy wall hanger. Of course, this is Pennsylvania. There's not that many trophy wall hangers walking around, but it was a nice buck. I was happy to take it. You know, I had not one negative anything. I was like, yep, this is exactly what I was hoping for. I was excited. And then I was like, all right, now it's time to go back out in the woods and get some does. Well, wouldn't you know it? I didn't see any more does. Not one more doe the entire season. Not in the rest of archery season. Not in gun season. I mean, just not one doe to be had any way, shape, or form. I was shocked. I hunted in multiple different locations, different properties. Just never saw another doe. I did see more bucks. I could have shot a buck that was much larger and more impressive than the one that I shot. But I did not see any more does at all. I was like, what is going on? I felt like I had made like the stupidest decision of my life. And, you know, I kind of feel like that is exactly what obviously wasn't the stupidest, but it was like I had all these opportunities and I passed on them and passed on them and passed on them. And then when I wanted that opportunity... I couldn't find eventually I just hung it up and went duck hunting. I was like, hey, whatever. Turned out that one buck was all the meat that I needed. Get me through the whole season till the next season. It wasn't an issue for all. Not one point did we ever hurt for meat or wish we had more or you know anything like that. It was fine. It worked out. I didn't need two more deer. But I was I was like just frustrated the whole rest of that season. That had passed all those opportunities, and then when I wanted one of those opportunities, just couldn't find it. Now, I've never seen as many bucks before hunting, ever in my life, as I did after I shot my buck and then went out looking for does. And there were multiple bucks I could have shot, great bucks, but couldn't find another antlerless deer for anything.
0: Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish.
2: And you know, I should have shot the first doe that was of a decent size that I saw the first sit I was out there. Should have taken the first one that morning and then been back in the woods a few days later on the hunt for the buck. You know, why? Because you never know what's gonna happen. You never know, you know, and I didn't hunt 30 days, okay? I wasn't out in the woods that many times. I'm sure if I would have done nothing but hunt deer for months, I'm sure I would have found another doe, but I just wasn't willing to invest that kind of time. Um, You know, we've got family, we've got a job, we've got other commitments, other responsibilities, want to hunt other things. You know, you got ducks in season and pheasants and even some, some fall turkeys going around. There's so many opportunities of things to do you reach a point where you're like, all right, should I just keep grinding away on this thing? And I decided, no, it wasn't worth the frustration. But uh, you know, all those other sits that I went out trying to find a doe, couldn't find one. But I had all those opportunities. So here is my encouragement for you guys. Decide what you want. And then take the first opportunities to check items off that list. This goes for deer season. It also goes for other seasons. You know, in the springtime, I typically have been getting two turkey tags. Because in Pennsylvania, you you get one with your license and you can buy a second tag. And I've decided, you know what? I am not going to pass by opportunities to take legal birds hoping and waiting for, you know, a long beard whose beard is scraping the ground with three inch spurs. Just not going to do it. going to take the first legal bird that I like, that that's, seems good to me, that I see, and then I can hold out for for a monster if I want to. I could hold out for a bigger one. But I didn't want to pass by good opportunities to eat turkey, waiting and waiting and waiting for the monster to come by. And the same principle applies to deer hunting. You know, a lot of states, you can get more than one tag for bucks. You know, you, you, you set what you want. You know, make a list. Maybe it's only two things on that list. Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's five things. Whatever your situation is, decide, okay, this is what I want. These are my goals. And don't pass by lesser ones holding out for the bigger one. Because truth be told... I could have shot a doe any of the first few days I went out hunting, and could have shot the same buck that I shot on the evening that I got him, could have shot any number of other bucks on days that I was out, had great opportunities, but that one never came around again. So I want to encourage you guys, make sure you know what you want before you walk into the woods. Okay, I want a doe. All right, I want a legal buck. Maybe you want a bigger buck whatever the case may be, decide what you want and what you're willing to take when the opportunity comes. And then do not pass opportunities. You know, if it's opening morning and you're there looking for a trophy buck and a nice doe walks by and a doe's on your list, take the doe home. It could be the only deer you see that day or that week. And you have that opportunity, you can capitalize on that opportunity, and then you can come back still seeking the second opportunity. But too many times people do exactly what I did and end up eating tag soup. You got nothing left at the end of the season but a bunch of tags to cook up because you passed by one opportunity holding out for a different opportunity that never came or like with me, came on a different day But then I couldn't get those first opportunities back. And and guys, when you are hunting, a lot of the time, you know, the deer that you take, it it, these little okay. I wanted a six point. I wanted an eight point, but I got a six point. Well, how much better is that six point than a no point, than zero deer? How much better is you know a year and a half old doe versus no does when you were maybe you were trying to hold out for? you know, a big old doe. Now, it's all... We set these things up in our mind like this is what matters. This This is what the most important thing is. If the doe's not at least this big, you know, and if there's not this many points on the antlers, then, you know, guys, don't get caught up in that. The fun and the thrill of the hunt is not in this minutia it is not it is in being out there seeing deer taking deer home cooking up deer steaks to celebrate you know that is the accomplishment especially if you're a newer hunter if you've never taken a deer or you've taken one or two or or you know this is your first time going out trying to get a buck or trying to do this or trying to do that you know so many times we let the perceptions of others expectations of society and culture keep us from having fun or enjoying the hunt that we're on um you know i'll never forget a story that matt dale told uh from dale outdoors and he was out hunting deer one day sitting along the fence row and you know he's lifelong hunter he has taken you know all kinds of animals deer turkeys you know he's most well known for for turkey hunting and his turkey videos and lots of great stuff that he puts out but he was he was hunting deer one day and he tells this story how he's sitting there you know along this fence row and man this spike you know this spike deer spike buck just came just hopping through the woods just jumping high you know big deer but it was a spike two antlers and where he was shooting where he was hunting that was totally legal and it just hopping and bouncing. And he says that he saw this deer jump around. Man, it just got him so excited. He said he felt like a little kid again when he shot his first deer. Just this deer is hopping around. He'd seen nothing all day. And he just got so excited about this deer jumping. Took him back to when he was a kid again. You know, lifted up his rifle. Shot that spike. He said it was one of the most thrilling hunts he had ever been on. He just... It, it just was so exciting. It was so fun. And, you know, in, the, in, in while he's talking about it, he's saying, you know, a lot of guys are going to respond to to this on, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whatever. And, you know, they're going to try to antler shame and say, well, you know, that, you, know, you should have let go another year, two or five years, and you should have done this. And, you know, you shouldn't take deer that are that small, and you shouldn't do that. And he says, guys that is not what hunting is about hunting is about the thrill of the chase the accomplishment it's about the meat it's about the connection it's about having fun if it if, if, if you have fun doing it that's the thing you ought to be doing if you have fun taking that spike you should take that spike and you shouldn't let anybody else anywhere say anything about it that strikes you In any negative way, this was awesome. This was fun. This was the thrill.
0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
2: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.
2: You know, I've talked about in the past. I've told you guys a story that John McDaniels told about how when, you know, he was living, I think, in... Uh, central PA or northern Virginia or somewhere in that zone of the country hunting turkeys. And uh, a friend of his came from Europe that was a world-renowned big game hunter. He had hunted in Africa. He had taken animals that, you know, most people listening to this, myself included, have never seen, heard of, and don't know how to pronounce. You know, game that's enormous, game with giant antlers, trophy room at his house, you know, spent his whole life just soaking in the thrill of the hunt. Well, he comes to visit the U.S. He's got one day to go turkey hunting. And for years and years and years, he's wanted to hunt eastern turkeys in the United States. and didn't have any turkeys, you know, anywhere else when turkeys are here. And for years, he wanted to hunt turkeys. And, you know, like, kept him awake at night. You know, they want to go to the States, want to hunt turkeys. So he's here on a business trip, got to meet up with John They had one day to go turkey hunting, and John's like, man, I don't want to tell them that they just haven't been gobbling this year, haven't been seeing many turkeys, it's really been a bad year for it, but he says, you know what, this is the only day we've got, let's go, so they go out, they're hunting, you know, all morning covering crazy terrain, up hills, up mountains, all over the place, they're calling, they're doing everything you know to do, John's a master turkey hunter. He's written book after book after book after book on the subject. Um, just an outstanding, uh, you know, in terms of wisdom and skill and 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 all these things, calling. I mean, if there's any human being on the earth that I'd want calling turkeys in for me, it'd be him. And he's they're out there hunting, doing everything he knows how to do, and nothing's happening. And then eventually they finally strike up a turkey. They're sitting there and this guy's there, he's hunting, he's got a a drilling, which is a double barrel shotgun on top with a 30-30 rifle on the bottom, okay, so they're out there hunting these turkeys, and they get one to call back, so he starts working this bird, and this is a small jake comes in, you know, not even a one-year-old bird, just comes in, tiny little turkey, you know, John would have never shot this bird, right? He's got so many turkeys on his wall and in his freezer and everything else. He would have never shot this bird, but this turkey comes in. The guy from Europe swings his double barrel shot. Now this turkey's at about 25, 30 yards, okay? Perfect range, perfect distance. Of course, there's a lot more to this hunt, but I'm I'm just boiling it down to what's salient for this point swings that huge gun over, right? Double barrel shotgun. You know, and then a 30-30 rifle. And he pulls the trigger not on the one of the barrels of the shotgun, not on both of the barrels of the shotgun, but on the 30-30. Right? And and John's sitting there he's just like, "What just happened? God blast this turkey with a 30-30." And, you know, it's loud, it's crazy, it was legal in that state at that time, this was years ago, and uh, John's like, what, That? did he pull the wrong trigger? Like, what just happened? So, you know, they get up, and the guy is thrilled. He is thrilled, you know, he picks up this bird, and he says, you know what, and, and then John asks him, he says, you know, wh- why did you shoot it with the rifle barrel? And the guy said this. He said, I wasn't sure exactly how far it was. And I didn't want to take the risk of it being too far because I may never see another turkey in my life. So I wanted to make sure that I got it. So he shot it with a 30-30 rifle barrel. And he said, this bird right here, everything that I've hunted in my entire life, he said, "This bird right here is one of the most special animals I have ever taken. I have sought after for so many years, and and they're so hard to hunt, and they're so hard to find, and they're so hard to kill." He said, "I'm going to put this in, in my house, you know, as chief among all the other animals that he's taken from Africa and everything else." you know, this guy was not at all put back that this was a small animal, that it was a, it was, you know, it was a little Jake. It was, it was not a full grown mature Tom. None of that mattered to him. To him, this was one of the most thrilling and special harvests he had ever had to the point where he, you know, he's like, I'm not sure if it's 25 yards or 35 or 40 yards. And in the in the fog of war you know in the morning there and all the adrenaline just didn't want to take the risk of it being slightly out of range and of course back in those days you know they didn't have tungsten shot and they didn't have you know some of the super extra full chokes and the winchester long beard xr copper plated lead and all this kind of stuff that we have today that we can get some great performance at range you know, Back then, you just didn't have a lot of those things. He said, I didn't want to take the risk of not harvesting this bird because it would probably be the only chance I ever get in my life. And I was like, you know what? There is something there to be learned, to be said, in terms of just not passing on an opportunity. Not caring that it's not the biggest animal in the woods. Not caring that it's not the biggest rack." of any deer in the area, not caring what any other hunter on Facebook is going to say, saying, you know what? I do not want to pass this opportunity because I don't know if I'll ever get an opportunity like this again. Now, you and me, we probably wouldn't say, you know, I may never get another opportunity to shoot another deer, but it's still the same thing. If that deer means something, if that opportunity is there, if that's a good legal animal that, that, you know, we want to take home, take it, take it, enjoy it, celebrate, send me pictures of it, go to the website, newhuntersguide.com, fill out the contact form, it goes straight to me, I read every single one, I'll reply, send me your photos, have you got video of the of the party afterwards, send me the video, I want to see it, I want to know it, I wish you guys the absolute best this season. Make sure that you you subscribe to this podcast, you know, wherever you're at, head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment, not because I need the moral support because it's the number one way to help grow the show. Until next time, God bless you guys and go get them in the woods.
0: anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.